Hi guys, it's Liam Payne here and this is the FIFA Play On Podcast. Each week I speak to one of the world's top footballers who picks a playlist of songs that have mattered most to them. And I'm also joined by one of the biggest names in football slash music culture. As we discuss our lives and careers, it's time to play on. Now, before we get into it, I'd like to take a minute just to thank you all for the wonderful support across the FIFA Play On series. It's been amazing uh, to work with all you guys and to hear all these amazing stories. Uh, We've had a lot of fun making this, so I hope you guys have enjoyed it just as much at home. This is the final episode of the series, but what an episode we have got lined up just for you. Remember to keep an eye on the FIFA socials and more content coming your way very, very soon. Uh, with me, as usual, is Mr. JD Dyer. How are you today, sir? Yo, Liam, I'm feeling good, man. This is a very special episode we've got coming up. Very special episode. We're reuniting some old friends of, of mine that I haven't seen for for a long time. Story um, or two is due to come out, yeah? Yes, sir. Definitely, definitely. You can hear him in the background there already. He's eager. He's ready to go. JD, let's just bring him on, man. Go for it. Go for it. I think, first of all, we got introduced to footballer we've got joining us today, Liam. I mean, one of the world's leading midfielders. We saw his early career, saw him at Busham and also at Neuenberg, which really came to eyes, though, across the world for his brilliance at Borussia Dortmund. Playing under Jurgen Klopp, he was a part of that historic German double team that won the league and the cup back in 2012. And obviously then he went on to become a Champions League finalist the following year. Since then, the career has gone strength to strength. He's dazzled us in England with Manchester City, lifting two Premier League trophies and arguably the most informed player in the league, but definitely one of the best. A star for his nation, a star for his club, a big FIFA player and welcome to Ilkay Gondawan. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Woo! <laughs> where are you right now, Ilkay, man? Look, it's good to have you on the show. Obviously, it's good to have you on the pod. Like, but where are you right now, man? Catch us up. I'm at home right now, sitting in my office in Manchester. Uh, just came back a f- couple of hours ago from training. And yeah, just preparing for the next game. I mean, Ilkay, you heard him there. One of the most informed players in the world right now. That's huge. Yeah, that was a big statement, to be honest. I'm not sure if I agree 100%, but uh, I <laughs> No I one's ever called it. me the most informed pop star in the world, so I take it. I take it while you can. Is there, is there an informed with musicians? Can oh, there you, really you, can be, you can be definitely out of form. I've been in form. I've been out of form. I've been around form. Like you, can, you can be out. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I didn't know. Let's introduce our superstar musician for the day as well. For real. Now, some artists blur genres, but this multi-platinum selling artist blurs borders too. His fusion of classic East Coast rhymes, wavy pop swagger and international ambition elevated him to the forefront of the game on a global scale. Here's a clue. He ascended into superstar status in 2017 with his smash Unforgettable. The king of collaborations, it's harder to name a superstar that he hasn't worked with. Uh, plus so much more, I can't wait to hear all about this. He's a good friend of mine. I'm one of the people he collaborated with. It's Mr. French Montana. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it right, eh? <laughs> 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 That's how you do it, man. Thank you, Liam. Mate, long, long time. I haven't seen you since we were... Uh, driving that car in the first time music video. Yeah. yeah, man, we had fun that day. What a pair of absolute superstars. Shall we get straight into your first selection here, which I'm, I'm a massive fan of. I love this. Bye 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 by NSYNC. I mean, we've all been really angry at some girl 
and wanting to be like, this is this is the end of it. And like, I don't remember how old I was listening to this song and Justin Timberlake's just telling a whole lot. Why did you choose this one? To be honest, it reminds me of my childhood. Uh, it reminds me of school, of friends. Um, I remember having the the Discman. Is it is it how you call it? Discman? Yeah. Uh, I remember having the Discman and uh, going into school with the CD, you know, of NSYNC, the album. And uh, just remembers me of, of my childhood. I mean, big key one to ask you. I th- I think I saw French throwing out a few of the moves of the choreography there. Um, <laughs> do you do you know the dance that goes along with this song? <laughs> you look very worried. Like I'm going to ask you to do it now. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know it. I don't know about French, but I don't know it. <laughs> uh, French, you look like you were popping it out. You know the moves, French. Man, you, you, all, you, all you remember is, is five of them standing up right there and doing the moves. That's all I remember was watching TV, <laughs> just seeing the whole the whole group. I mean, when when we were in our, obviously my boy band did not dance and could never dance and should have never danced anyway. But I mean, the one that you know of boy bands is the the boy band air grab, which you've seen in every single boy band music video that's ever been. Erika, <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What was that upbringing like in in Gilles Crashing? And is it Mr. Ozil from the same area as well? Yeah, he's from there as well. He was born there as well. Uh, actually, uh, I remember I, I met him once or the first time I met him um, in the summer uh, and we were going into, um, how do you call it, like, like an, a public swimming pool, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, kicking there on the grass, uh, actually football. So he was with his friends, I was with my friends and he was already a professional footballer for Schalke. I think he was around 17, 18 and I was 15, 16. And we actually kicked, we were kicking a little bit the ball, you know, his friends and him against my friends and me. And he, he didn't even know who I was. So I was in the youth academy of, uh, of a football club. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember that it was amazing. It's an amazing memory. Did you put any skills past him? Yeah, first question. Who won? That's what we need to know. <laughs> who won? Uh, I, I probably shouldn't say it, but I remember megging him once. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, um, and my friends they were like, "Oh, wow, crazy!" Uh, but I'm not really a big fan of of, of Max uh, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, this is something that uh, just stayed in my mind. Oh, I love it. That's great. Yeah, I tell you what's so unique about both you and Mezer. You both are so proud of both your Turkish and your German roots, and you both are really proud of that. Like, How much of an impact is your Turkish side in terms of your upbringing and who you are as a person? You know, I mean, I think French can um, also say something about that, but I think, um, you know, having having a Turkish background, having family in Turkey, actually uh, going to Turkey every summer to, to see my grandparents, for me, just family means everything. Um, that's uh, the way I grew up. That's uh, how I was raised. And uh, it's such a such a tight bond between between family members, myself, even friends. I, I consider them family, you know. Mm. So um, that's so important, and uh, that's why all this uh, Corona situation right now is uh, probably one of the most difficult times in my life because um, I'm living here in England without uh, any members of my family. Wow. And um, yeah, uh, just try to keep up. It's been crazy, hasn't it? Miss, missing family members. I mean, fr- French, you. You were born and grew up in in, in uh, Morocco, right? Yeah. What's your what memories of being there? How's it been like contacting your family over Corona? Oh man, um, it's been it's been crazy. You know, we're not used to stuff like that in Morocco. It's like Corona is like you know the end of the world. So I mean, I I ain't seen my family in about like twenty years already, as bad as it is. When I came to the states, so when I went back, you know, I only went back for like a year, like three years ago. Then I was trying to go back last year. Then it's just like this Corona thing. They wasn't letting nobody in or out. 
French, what was that transition like when you first came from Morocco, man? Like, I, I spent many a summer in the Bronx. Yeah, shout out to the five yeah. and the six train. Shout out to Pelham Bay Cops. So if you know, you know. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you know, you know. So like, I just want to know how difficult was that upbringing for you, bro? It was like, it was like a culture shock. You know, like culture shock. And, and you know, I didn't, I didn't know English, so I had to learn English. And what was it that made you say to yourself that you wanted to do the rapping in the beginning? Well, honestly... When I came to the Bronx, I didn't have my papers. So I couldn't really get a job. I played basketball. I was really good at basketball. I was trying to go to college. I couldn't go to college because I wasn't a citizen. And that's why I opened up the um, the programs to help all the immigrated kids. Because I don't want nobody to go through what I went through. How about you, Ilka? Where did the, uh, the, the love for football come from? From family. Um, actually, my uncle was the first one who was born in Germany. And my parents, they have no talent at all, so they like to watch, but uh, they were, they ne I think they never kicked the ball. Um, and my uncle actually was the first one actually born in Germany. And I feel like in Germany, especially uh, in the area where we are from, uh, it's just a common thing, you know, like to start very young, uh, going into a football club, you know. And I think he was three or four when he, when he just started. Then I have an older brother who was two years older than me. He also, when he was three, he started. And actually, me then, uh, also when I was three years old, I got signed up into a football club. And uh, we just started kicking the ball because the intention of my parents was always to, to keep us away from the streets, you know, uh, doing, bad, doing bad stuff. And I guess it worked out quite well. You guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Let's get into your track number two here. The next track on your playlist is... Exo Tour Life by Little Lucy Bird. Let's hear a bit of that now. Love it. I mean, everybody played that song over and over and over again, I think, when it came out. Why did you choose this one? Uh, this is actually a funny one. Um, I used to like to go out at the weekends, especially after having a game, you know, winning a game. And every time we were somewhere or, or in a nightclub, this song came up and it just, it was just like, it pumped up, up so much. And all my friends, you know, when we started dancing and going crazy that it just uh, became a pattern, I would say. Every time this song comes up, we go just crazy. And uh, that reminds me a lot of, of my friends. I love that. I, a little quick one about Little Uzi, by the way. I, I don't think we can't not talk about it, but I just read today that he's had a diamond put in his head. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you, not, have you not seen it yet, Liam? No, I just, I just looked, I looked at it now, and, I, and, and my, my friend had mentioned something about it yesterday, and I thought, no, he can't have. But he's genuinely put a diamond in his head. Uh, you know what? I tell you what's so unique about Uzi is that he has his own style. He just does what he wants. Yeah, literally. He just does what he wants. And and to be honest, that's quite relatable to, to Ilkay because I think about your career, Ilkay, you're not a four, you're not an eight, you're not a ten. You're kind of everything in between. When you think about Lil Uzi Vert, he's everything. He crosses so many. He's a rock star. He's a hip-hop star. He's got everything. He's got his own swag. So where did that ability to want to be versatile come from? I'm not sure. I think I was just a bit forced into it. I remember when I was really young, starting playing a striker, and then I just got back and back and back and ended up playing also for Man City as a holding midfielder, like number six. 
um, which is maybe not my biggest strength, but um, I just, every time I play, it doesn't matter where, I just try to play as good as possible. And every, every position has its uh, difficulties, but um, I feel like I'm quite flexible and I, I have this quality to adapt quite well into, into, into a position or into, into a formation. And um, yeah, it's, it's working out quite well. French, look, you the king of the turn up, yeah? LA, Miami, New York, everyone knows about a French party. You've even been to London and we know about your parties. <laughs> but when this Uzi Vert would come on, what does it kind of make you feel like? Man, I love Uzi. He's, he's, you know, this, I don't want to hear you cry. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just like crowd going, going berserk. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just love it, man. I love, I love his music. I love his turn up. I think it was such a great blend, this song, between rap and singing. And it was just at that, that era where there was a lot of people who were, were trying to make this song, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. I think, at the same time that he made it. And I think he just does it best. You can't deny. Mm -hmm. I tell you now, it just, it creates that positive vibe and that positive energy. And that's, that's yeah, so relatable. That's hard to find anyway. Trust me. And, and making people feel passionate about just being in existence. You know, when I think about that, I do automatically think of it kind of like Dortmund team that you played in. And when you lot used to play in, in the home, especially your home games with the yellow wall, that's passion. If I think about anything, that's real passion. What was that like to play in front of? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, having every weekend uh, over 80,000 people, just this yellow wall with over 25,000 people was just crazy. I've still, like for me, until today, one of the best stadiums I've ever played in. And if you haven't experienced it after Corona, you should definitely try it out, yeah. Let's think about this, right? So for most people's concerts, right? I mean, the O2 Arena capacity is about... 19,000 maximum, right? So that yellow wall alone at 25,000 is even bigger than playing the O2 Arena in London. Yeah, it's crazy. Just to put that in perspective, that's huge. And there's no one sitting, huh? Is everyone, everyone it's is standing? It's all standing, yeah, it's standing. It's, it's, it's mental, yeah, it's crazy. French, what's some of the liveliest crowds and some of the biggest moments that you can think of in terms of performing? Probably in New York. Um, sixty thousand people summer jam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer jam is is an experience. Yeah, because you know we met life. Yeah, I mean you know, it's, and it's a lot of times we could, we we go like like we do um festivals and stuff. It'd be over a hundred thousand people and stuff like that. But it's just to have it packed inside one place and just hearing hearing your hometown going crazy. It's like Michael Jordan playing in Chicago, like championship game. That's what summer jam is for us. I've been to a summer jam in 15, I went, and I've never experienced anything like it. I had to be down on the floor, and I've never experienced anything like it. Like, New Yorkers love their music anyway, yeah. but it's, it was like the hometown. And they're hard. Like, they're hard oh. on people. Like They're hard to please. Yeah, like, you go up there, they be mugging you, they be grilling you, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's, when, but when you finally get across and you get the love back, it's like a special moment for any artist. Did you find that coming up then to, uh, at points? Did you, did you find it hard at any point when you were coming up? Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, I think in New York especially, there's a rapper on every corner. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's nine, 9 million people in New York, about 8.99 8. rap. <laughs> so let me, let me put this to you. What, what do you think the moment was for you then where, where it, it suddenly felt like, I mean, I... I was actually watching an Ozzy Osbourne documentary the other day and they were saying about him that it's, you know, you always feel like 
you're one boom song away from it not going well. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, yeah. I think I felt that as well. You always feel like you're one second away from losing everything. But what, you know, what was the moment where you think it changed for you where you didn't feel like you were trying to prove yourself anymore? When I made the first dollar of something I love. <laughs> <laughs> that took made, all the pain away. <laughs> yeah, when I made the first check where there was like $100 or a million, I think it, it made me realize I'm finally getting paid off something I love and I'm not going to lose doing this because my passion is in it. What about uh, you, Okay, What was a, a career-defining moment for you? It was just mentioned before, uh, losing the Champions League final, obviously, was a, was a big blow. Um, so hopefully I will have the chance one day again to play another final. But then having great moments with uh, Borussia Dortmund winning the league, winning the double, with Man City achieving 100 points in a season, record-breaking season. But then also um, the year after, um, having that season with Liverpool, just uh, one, front, one point in front of Liverpool finishing. Mm. Um, I think that was just everything what is football about, you know, having this rivalry with two teams going unbeaten for, I don't know, the last uh, 10, 12, 14 matches. I think that was quite uh, exciting for everyone. So yeah, I've experienced some really good stuff. Talking about songs that get you pumped up, this next track is definitely one of those. It's by the wonderful Mr. French, Montana and Sway Lee. It's called Unforgettable. Let's hear a short clip of that right now. Ship the whole crew to the cruise. Do it, you don't even see him move. Ride with me, ride with me, boss. I got a hard head, but her air talk. She wants the last name with the ring on it. Cause I pulled out a million cash, all I blank on it. I mean, I need to know how this song, the whole thing, came together, to be honest with you. I mean, just listen to it there. I, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm used to writing songs my way when, when I sit down and write stuff. But for you and, and rap, I've always just wondered, do you just cycle through beats, see what hits you hardest? Did you already have the hook before you started? Like, talk us through it. I was working on my album and um, Jeremiah came in the studio and played the record. And I think it was- oh, I like Jeremiah, he's lovely. Yeah, and I think he um, he was working on it. And once I heard it, I just fell in love with it. And, and you know, I had put it together. Then the more I heard the record, the more I liked it. So usually, I like, I would stay with a record for, like, anywhere between a month to three months. I'll keep listening, listening, listening. And that's how I can tell if it's a hit or not. If I start like, liking it more, I know it's going to last a long time in the charts. If I start liking it less, I know it's not going to go nowhere. That's my little strategy. I mean, you definitely weren't wrong. This song has had over three billion streams since its release and the video over one billion views. I mean, I was happy to get a billion streams on Strip That Down. You've got three billion streams on this song. Yeah, How does that feel? But, but the thing that I love about this song is that we went to Africa. Yes. And, and we, we, we got like 20, 20 of the kids that's in the video that's dancing. They went from dancing in the streets to coming and front of magazine covers to school education. They they dancing on on the um the biggest platform and the awards. Two hundred million people watching them. Wow. We built a um a Sobe hospital that they, they didn't have no healthcare over there. Now they they able to you know to provide healthcare for for mothers and kids in fifty six villages that that was never there before. 
and the reach is like a half a million people. So that's the things that came from that song. No, I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. How much do you think you showed off the beauty of Africa within that small period of time, man? I think a lot of people go to Africa and 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 and, and take the talent and never give back. You know what I'm saying? So I just want, you know, to make sure that, you know, this time when we went, that we show people that, you know, you got to give back and don't let the uh, 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 the hope of giving back slip through the cracks, you know? And um, I'm glad it happened. Shout out to The weekend. The weekend gave me a lot of money for it. Um, shout out to Puff Daddy, gave me a lot of money for it. My Sorak campaign put a lot of money towards it. You know what I'm saying? And just Africa, man, I was born there. So me being being from Africa to go back and help out all the kids. Now, nobody come out of Africa. Trust. And and the thing is, when you say that, I, I, I very much understand what you're saying because I've said it on previous episodes, but I have a charity foundation that I set up in Africa where we we sort of, we built schools and we yeah. built, give textbooks and we change sort of the life. Mine's based in Zambia. And people really don't understand the beauty of Africa until you go and you actually experience it and you meet the yeah, people it's healing. you touch the wonderful things that can happen. Yeah, it can heal you from a lot of things. No, it really is. I mean, we we went to um to Ghana in, in 2017. I actually went back really recently as well. I've been twice now. And I mean, there was just some amazing stories of different things coming out of there. And we saw a lot of the poverty and, and you know, we, we, we spent uh, a day uh, in, in basically a rubbish heap where people were living and, and, and the kids were, were, were picking wire yeah. off of the, the back of a hairdryer to sell the copper. And it was insane. But then on the other side of it as well, and, and in a children's hospital wow. as well, which was, it, I was only 17 at the time and it was, it was, I mean, it was something we, I think we definitely needed at the time because One Direction was just on its way up. Mm -hmm. You need that reality check to realise how lucky you are. But at the same time, we got to see, uh, you know, uh, meet these amazing people. There was a chef there who was feeding his community and we were yeah. providing food for that person. You know, there were so many amazing stories um, to come out of it. So it's, you know, on one side of it, it's a reality check on the other side of it. I think it's super, super healing. But I mean, hats off to both of you. That's, no, you know, let's you. clap that in as well because at the same time, that's massive. So... Huge, huge. Mm -hmm. Do you reckon that experience of you being born in Africa and understanding and appreciating Africa, that's a yeah. major reason as to why you've made the stances in your life, yeah. like I stand with immigrants and being an ambassador for huge things. How much did that impact those decisions? Shout out to Global Citizen. They made me the first rap amb ambassador. So, you know, one of, one of the first things I wanted to do was, was help out the kids that fell through with the DACA program. When this country is built on being dreamers, and you snatch that away from everybody that, that, you know, that have a dream that might not have the right paperwork, you know, but still work just as hard as the American citizen. Then I don't think, you know, I don't think that's right. So it's it's only right for me because I went through it, you know what I'm saying, to stand with them and to make sure that, you know, I, I help I help all those kids. And thank God that, you know, the DACA program is back. With that, even in the Bronx, and in the Bronx too, there's a lot of after-school programs that we opened up for all the, um, you know, the kids, you know, the try to get immigrated, and and besides that, it's just the experience I think more that make me fall in love with it. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been through it, and I know how hard it is for anybody to try to come up that come from a different country, that come from a different place. That's you know, that's still in shock, you know what I'm saying? Like how I was in shock. So I just feel like it's very important for a lot of people that, that come from other countries to help with things like that too. And people that that's in this country that might not experience it because they might not know how hard it is. No, that's really great, man. I like that a lot. Okay, obviously you, you chose this song in your selection, man. What what was your, your reasons behind choosing this song? 
Um, first of all, it's 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 a great song. Uh, it's amazing, and to know the story and uh, to learn a bit more about the story of that song is even even means even more right now. Um, but then also again um, with the song, I always connect something, connect an experience, and in that case, it's um, a trip that I had with uh, my friends to LA in 2017, I think. We, we rented a house uh, in the Hollywood Hills, and it was just like cruising around the hills, you know, to that to, the, to that song. Calabasas uh, living, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and it was just uh, an amazing, an amazing uh, experience we had all together again. Ilka, I know that you've done a lot of work in terms of wanting to give back as well. So talking about sort of the impact of you wanting to help your wider community. I even know during this pandemic, you've tried to help local communities. Tell us a little bit about why that was so important to you. Um, it is important because um, I just feel privileged. I feel privileged of what I'm doing, of where I am, that uh, I have a house, I have a roof, uh, I have food, and to see a lot of people struggling, especially during this pandemic, I just feel like that I have a responsibility, responsibility to the, to the society, whether it's in Germany, where I was born, or in Turkey, where my family is from, or even here in Manchester, uh, where I live right now. So I try to help there where I can identify myself with the people who are struggling, and uh, yeah, just try, try to support that. So the next track on Ilke's playlist is Sen Gelmez Olden by Alihan Samadov. I hope I've got that right and not offended anyone from the Buddha Bar album. Uh, let's hear a little bit of that right now. I, I love that on this show we get so many like different cultures, so many different sounds. What made you pick this one? Every time I hear that one, I get goosebumps. Sorry. I think it just reminds me of, of home, of where my family comes from, of, uh, of Turkey. And, you know, especially with, we were talking about it before, especially with Corona around now. Um, I just can't express how much I, I miss them. And the last time I was in Turkey was uh, after the Champions League tournament in Lissabon. Uh, I was there for a couple of weeks with uh, parents, with my brother, my brother's wife. And actually, I saw my little niece who was born last year in March. I saw, the, saw her for the first time, last time. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, I just, I just have to think about home when I hear that song. I love it, man. It's, uh, I can see how much your family means to you. I can see how close you are to them. And where does that type bond come from? And where does that unity come from? Is it just the beginning that you've, of how you were the, from the start? Yeah, I, I said it before, this is, this is how I grew up. My, my, my parents always supported me and I think they played such a big part in, in me being a football player as well. They, when I compare myself to, to other kids when we were young, um, teammates of mine or friends of mine, the amount of support I got and even the support my parents gave to my friends, to other kids who didn't get the support of their parents, it was just incredible. And uh, I'm very grateful, I'm very thankful. 
and I wouldn't be the person without them today. I wanted to talk about French and, and sort of the big transition. Ilkay was just talking about how the lockdown is, how it's affected him. But you tried to sort of turn it into a very positive for yourself. I see, it's probably the best shape I've ever seen you in French. Like you're yeah. looking good right now, bro. What, what, where yeah. did that mentality come from? The six pack is almost there. Uh, it's more <laughs> than almost there. Uh, nah, almost, almost. I'm still missing a little bit. I'm not really used to it, man. I just had to discipline myself. And, um, and I just want to do something different. You know, I mm. feel like I went through... I, you know, I was going hard for like 20 years, like living a rock star life, you know what I'm saying? And 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 I got to a point where it's just like, it's not fun no more. And you so can't, yeah, you can't do both. Like, yeah. You have to you choose. You can do both. Every time I tried to work out and still getting, living a rock star life, it didn't work out. You know, so I was like, you know, I just got to be disciplined, and especially through Corona, there's nothing to do. Ilka, when I look at your career, and I know there's been periods that's been taken away from you because of injuries. And how did you remain motivated? How did you remain focused? Yeah, I maybe missed two, two, two and a half years, just, uh, just an oh. injury. So yeah, it's, it's not easy, but it's all a lesson. It's, I see it also as a blessing because I always, yeah, I was always able to, to, come, to come back at least at the same level. And uh, maybe it made me, made me feel like, okay, don't, uh, don't need to take it for granted. How was the physio after the back injury? Not that great, to be it's honest. It's horrible, I mean, isn't it? I, did, I broke my wrist ages ago and I, 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 actually, I actually went to Chelsea Football Club to have it put back into place. And uh, I went there for physio for a long while. And it was, it's, physios, you have to be so dedicated to the physio part of it alone. And I mean, it's even different when it's your job. Yeah. I mean, the good thing I think is uh, in, in in football when you're a professional footballer, you have you have the best people around you, so you don't you are not really worried. But obviously, it's always a long process. It's uh, a process um, that it's that it's not easy. Um, but um, yeah, the support you get from all people around gives you the the motivation you need to 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 go through this time. See, the thing is, I want to ask both Ilkay and French a question because. They're talking about sort of the mental battle they're going through themselves to get themselves into a better place. And are you good now? Like when I say that, are you good? Are you better now at spending time by yourself? Because we're in a period where a lot of people are having to think about themselves and spend a lot of time with their own mind. So Ilka, you can of course go first. And in French, I'd love to know because you're an artist that's been on the road for so long as well afterwards. I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, like, I mean, I mentioned before, I mean, you, you're probably talking about feeling lonely maybe sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially during injuries, especially during that time. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the worst. I mean, in general, now job injuries are the worst um, because you kind of feel lonely, but also useless, if that makes sense. Because at the mm, end, yeah. at the end you, you're employed by the club and you're employed to play football. And uh, when you're not able to do it, you feel kind of, okay, um, I don't really know at the moment where I belong to. So... Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a hard time to be honest. And mentally, French, how have you pushed yourself as well, man? Um, I think that you know we all special in our own ways, you know. And I feel like everybody is blessed from from you know from the higher ups. I feel like you know it's kind of it's kind of lonely, but in a positive way, it also make you reach back into yourself, into your roots. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously you got here because God gave you special talent. 
and you being surrounded by a lot of people sometimes usually sucks it out of you or usually drives you towards somebody else's direction sometimes. You don't even realize it. I feel like what made you special is you. And sometimes when you're alone, you get to dig deep inside of you and get to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you bless, you bless some kind of way to get to the next level and being around people sometimes. You're not going to get to that next level. I feel like it's a beautiful thing for certain people. You know what I'm saying? The, and the lonesome comes with it. You know, lonesome is... High level of thinking. Yeah, lo- lonesome is not, is not the, you know, the opposite from success. It's part of success. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just to close off on, on this um, talk of, uh, of your injury, okay? You missed the 2014 World Cup, um, which Germany would win. Uh, how, how tough was that for you? Yeah, very tough. Because, uh, I mean, how many World Cups are you able to play in your career? Maybe maybe three in maximum. And to miss exactly that one uh, where we became world champions, yeah, it was quite difficult. I remember I was watching the, the first game against probably France, it was. Uh, I was watching from the hospital because uh, I, just had to, I, I just had the surgery for my back. And uh, I woke up and then in the evening I, I watched the first game. Wow. So that was quite difficult. Man, on the road to 2022, man. It's soon coming, isn't it? <laughs> on the road. I'm getting older, so not a lot of chances left. Well, I mean, moving on and moving up, uh, next on your playlist is Wonder War by Oasis. Let's hear a little bit of that. There are many things that I would like to say. I mean, so far for me, your playlist has been top, top, like one of my like closest to my playlists ever. Um, this was actually a song for me that was, the, this was like one of the first songs I ever sang as a kid from about the age of, I think I was 10 or 11. So this is like where my singing career started. I mean, the funny thing about this song for me more than anything is that, you know, the, the, uh, the brothers who were in Oasis, um, Nolan Liam, obviously I was a massive fan of them. And I think, you know, their whole reputation on their career has been built on them kind of being a bit bit bad boys, a bit whatever. And obviously we were such a young band at that time and they didn't realise how big of a of a of a fans that we might be. And I remember Louis from my band was it was a massive fan of Oasis as well. And they couldn't have said more horrible things about us. Well, <laughs> I knew he had a fight with one of them at the Brits once. But I mean, he told me off for winning the Brit Award. I was like, well, you can't tell me off for winning the Brit Award. It's not my fault, is it? What am I supposed to do? Um, moving swiftly on from that, tell us why you picked this song. Uh, <laughs> that's a great story. Um, to be honest, I, I was not really into that song until, until uh, I came to Manchester and I've, I've joined the club. Yes, um, big in Manchester. But uh, they are so big in Manchester. I think they were actually born here. They are from here. Yes, so. So obviously that song means a lot to the club and um, every time we arrive in the stadium, our staff makes sure that uh, this song is played uh, in the dressing room on arrival. So that's kind of um, how we how we kick off um, kick off our game. And yeah, just um, yeah, it's just it's just something that uh, I think the clubs also connects uh, with uh, with the two brothers 
And one of them actually is, is coming also to games, to parties, you know, like... Um, well, if you see him, tell him I said hello. Trophy. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You were Pep's first signing, weren't you? Yes, I was. Ah, uh, did you reckon that came with pressure? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I still feel like I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm happy about that fact. But um, no, I, I never, I never really took pressure on myself. Just the normal pressure that I, that I, that I take when I want to perform and I want to show uh, what I'm capable of. You want the work up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's, let's dig deeper into that. You've played with both Klopp and Guardiola. Like, what's what's the difference in their manager styles? Uh, I think the approach of Guardiola is um, a lot based on tactics. So he's very, very into the l most little details of uh, managing a team in terms of tactics, showing all the players where they need to be at what time on the pitch. He's probably the best in terms of that I've ever seen. I also hear that a lot of other players, players that uh, used to play for him as well. And Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp is more someone who is really, really able to motivate you with the way he's talking to you, the way he speaks to you, the way he lifts you up as well before a game. And you go, you go on the pitch, that was the case in Dortmund, you go on the pitch uh, under Jürgen Klopp and you're just ready to, to die for him. Oh, wow. Really. And um, he has this special talent. And I think also this is something you, you, could, you could see, um, especially last year, but all the years um, he managed uh, Liverpool as well that uh, people just in the stadium, when you play against them at Anfield, they just go all crazy. And, uh, you know, they have this special power, I feel like, in the stadium, which makes it so difficult to beat them. And I really believe that uh, playing without the crowd um, has a big effect on them uh, in terms of uh, home games. Liam and French, who are some of the big influences that you've worked with? Who are, I mean, I think about both of you guys. You've worked with some of the most iconic people in music. So who are some of the biggest impacts on, on both of your careers? I think for me... Robbie Williams has always been a massive one for me. Obviously, you know, I, I sang a lot of his songs when I was a kid and it's kind of what started me out. Angels was one of the first ever songs I sang uh, when I was younger. And I, I got the chance to sing with him on X Factor and now he's become a little bit of a, of a friend, which is really good. And we had this really interesting chat recently about like, you know, coming out of a boy band and then going solo artist and going to this. And it's great having somebody there who, you know, who's been through all of those things, knows all of the pitfalls and you don't feel so alone in a lot of the stuff that you've you've done or are going through. And it's funny that within decades between us, nothing in, in the music industry as far as pitfalls and things that can go wrong with, with stuff have changed. They're all the same. So he's always been quite a, a big influence for me, yeah. French, that list could be extensive, right? <laughs> yeah, that list is big. <laughs> Man, for, for me, it was just working with, you know, people I used to look up to when I was coming up, probably like the Jay-Zs, the Kanye's, the Nas, the, you know, the, the, the fathers of hip-hop, I think, you know, finally, you know, getting embraced and getting the respect. And, you know, I, th I think that was it for me. That was like, as far as like the big influences and stuff like that, if you look at them as that. What's next for you, bro? It's a collab with myself. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just, you know, falling falling back with, um, in love with music again, try to take it to new heights and try to, you know, beat the old records. How's it been for you? I mean, we, we, we've asked a, a lot of musicians this, and I'm just asking for myself personally, because I've, I've had my ups with it, I've had my downs with it, but, you know, having this time 
I mean, it's so funny right now. The world has been gifted that thing, right, where it's like you will say, oh, what's the, oh, I'd do this if I had a little bit more time. And I can't say that I've done many of the things that I said <laughs> I would do. Um, but how's your thing been for writing at the moment, man? How's writing music going? How inspired are you right now? How are you staying inspired? I think I, I, I love it right now because, you know, before we was on the road and we was trying to make albums on the road. We did, actually. And this is the first time that really sat back and just focused on the craft. Yeah, I've had both of them. And I I, I think for me at the moment, it's just such a... Like, if yeah. you want someone to like rate Netflix, I'm your man. Oh, baby, I'm all over <laughs> it. Um, and it's just like, at this point, it's hard to keep yourself motivated when yeah. you're just literally getting out of bed and going about your day. Because, I mean, we're such we're used to such hectic lifestyles. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, it's been a bit, of a, a bit of a tough one for me. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, it's the curse. It's the gift and the mm. curse. Then once everything opened back up, you're going to say, damn, I wish I was relaxing on the couch. Had more I, only, time. I had my That's first day off yeah. yesterday, and the first thing I thought was, I can't wait for my next day off. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to your final choice here, Ilkay. Next upon your playlist, Happier by Marshmallow featuring Bastille. Uh, this was also chosen by Carly Lloyd in an earlier episode. I, I knew it was. Let's hear a little bit of that right now. Yes, this was written by uh, the wonderful Steve Mack, who also uh, did Strip That Down in Bedroom Floor for myself. I mean, he's had a lot of hits. Um, but this song was actually really personal to him. It's actually really close to his heart and something he was going through at the time. And I'm not sure if you've ever really drilled into the lyrics of this song, but it's it sounds really happy because of what's going on and that big fanfare that's going on behind the chorus. But the lyrics to this song are... So heartbreaking. And I mean, he sat down and told me all of the story and everything that he was going through at the time. And I just, I, I can remember listening to the song thinking it was really happy. And it's because the song title's Happier. But it's actually yeah. a really, really sad song. Um, tell us why you chose this one. I've chosen this one because I think it's, it's at the moment, at least, is my, is my favorite track. So um, I've seen um, Marshmallow playing live in Vegas a couple of years ago. And... Um, I just, I just love that song. Um, I've seen uh, probably the what you mentioned is also um, is also on image on the video because I've seen the video a couple of times and uh, you actually think that uh, that's a happy song, but then uh, even in the video you can see like okay it's not as happy as as you may think, and um, but apart from that I really I, I just love that song. It's one of my favorite songs. I've looked at your sort of season this year and this seems to be the, the happiest I've seen you in such a long while. Would you say that you're enjoying your football the most right now? And I'm pushing you for, for player of the year this year, by the way. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. Do those awards sort of matter to you? Do they sort of stick in your mind and how much are you enjoying your football? To be honest, these individual awards, they don't really matter to me, um, even though it's nice to be to be recognised. I don't know. I just feel like the most happy I am World when, when, when the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> French knows. yeah most happy I am when, when when the team is happy you know when when you can share the happiness all together I'm enjoying to actually do a sport where the team is involved and not not a single sport like like tennis or I don't know golf 
So I feel like sharing this happiness is, is, is all it's about. And uh, that means the most. French has said it right there. He gave you the ad lib already. We're all looking forward to it. Ilkay, World Cup. Yeah, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, 222, isn't it, in Qatar? Yeah, of course, yeah. man. Of course. It's actually actually in winter for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. In December, yeah. That's big. How are you feeling yeah. about that? I don't know. It's just, it's, it still feels like so far away, to be honest, especially with the Euros now uh, that we have also in the summer, which got cancelled last year. I don't know. It's just, I, I, I didn't really think about it. But uh, when you ask me, ask me now, um, in March, we already have qualifiers for that World Cup with wow. the national team. So it already starts. So I don't know. It's weird. I'm so glad I don't have to qualify for my job because I just wouldn't get in. <laughs> I'd never qualify. I'd be like, I'd be on the bench every every time. Um, obviously, looking back as well, you were part, <laughs> you were part of the Germany squad for uh, the 2018 uh, World Cup as well. Um, what was it like to be in Russia for that tournament? Wow, I've never been to Russia. I'm interested. Let's go. I mean, we were in Russia, yes, but we were completely isolated, so I haven't seen anything of <laughs> Russia apart from our camp, which was somewhere nowhere. Um, and and uh, the travels to the stadium and then back. So, um, yeah, it, it was not easy, to be honest. Because also because of the fact that we were very disappointing in terms of the results. Uh, and we got knocked out uh, after, after just the group stage. So, maybe because of that, we, are, we try to be even more ambitious now for the Euros and then also for the World Cup coming up. French, I'm putting this out there now. If hopefully Ilkay can can qualify for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. He you is. coming with me and Liam. We're yeah. going, yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm down for that. See? Yeah. You got your audience now ready. We're ready to come and support. Yeah. What, what, about, what about Moroccan national team? You following them? Yeah, yeah. But they have a few good players. They have a few good players, I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to them as well. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Morocco. I was at the World Cup in Russia, like the, uh, when, when, no when France won. It was a oh, it was a dope night. What was that experience like for you, man? It was dope, man. I love soccer. How does it compare to American football games in terms of hype? Disgusting. Why? Why? Compa- so? <laughs> Why? It's so? not the same. It's not the it's, it's not the same. You know, soccer was my first love. Soccer is like the the first thing I played as that, that got me a visa to leave Africa. You know, so it's like the love is different. You know, it's like something you grew up on. Love it. Well, it's been a pleasure having both of you on today. Uh, I wish you all the best for many more years. Thank you very much, guys. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Exactly. Thanks for having us. Pleasure seeing all you guys. Thank you very much, Ilke Gundawan and French Montana. I mean, honestly, for me, I think that's one of the funniest episodes we've done in a long time. There's a lot of laughs in that. Yeah, I just knew it was going to be good. And then the playlist from Ilke as well just matched it. His playlist, that was the closest I've ever been to like what my playlist was. 100%. I, I, I mean, I've never heard the, t- the, 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 the Turkish song that he played for. It, it was beautiful. Maybe it will be on my playlist now, though. It had that peaceful vibe to it, and and like I said, I'm from North London, so I get I hear a lot of that type of music quite often, and it does it, it evokes. They're really passionate about their music and their cultures. It was just beautiful. And I mean, that's the most amazing thing about this. We're getting to talk. You know, I mean, we spoke about Africa in parts today. You know, we spoke we spoke we speak about so many different cultures and so many different things on this show. And I feel like you know, it's opening our horizons. It's opening their horizons. It's great. It was just the laughter in between as well. And I mean, French on the ad libs for World Cup. 
<laughs> right, if he does that in a song, I take full credit. I take That's full production credit. credit. See, I'm learning this music industry now. That's production no credit. No one's taking that away from me. If he comes out next year and he's like, new rap name is Mr. World Cup, then I, I know I've made it in life. Liam Payne, I love it. Absolutely love it. Mate, you've been an absolute gent as always. Um, and I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Look after yourself. See you soon. Big thanks to Ilkai and French Montana. I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as we did. If you did, please give us a like, a share, or a review on whatever platform you're listening on. To hear Ilkai's playlist, hit the link below. And check out FIFA's social feeds for exclusive play-on content. Wherever you are in the world right now, thank you very much for joining us. And until next time, play on. <laughs>